Good evening. This is uh, this is Kyle Bosquet, and I want to welcome you back to my podcast, Money Holes and Monte Carlos. This is our second podcast. Um, first one went better than expected. First, uh, I want to thank the forty listeners. Um, I'm fucking ecstatic. I I really just wanted to make double figures. I wanted ten people to listen to my podcast. Um, I didn't expect more than ten, and I got forty. Um, so I'm I'm overjoyed at that. Uh, I I welcomed comments. I elicited comments, and some of the comments I got were were extra dope. You know, um, comments like uh, it sounds like you're talking to a person you're trying to date, or you know, a person you're dating and telling them about your you know your life, and that's dope because. That's that's exactly what I wanted, you know. I wanted people to listen. I wanted people to feel me, you know. I didn't want them to just hear me. I wanted them to feel me, feel feel my pain, but also, you know, feel feel my progress, you know, and and feel that, you know, I'm I've, I once again feel like I'm dope, and I have something to offer, and I'm here to help. You know, like I was saying before in the prior podcast, you know, this podcast is from a black male perspective, but it encompasses all perspectives. And, you know, we try to welcome all perspectives, all people, you know, and going forward. I know I said it, you know, the first would be my last solo, but, you know, I, I think I needed to dig deeper into who I am, get a little bit more intimate, you know, for the 40, and hopefully I can get 41 listens next time but you know I want it to be intimate you know I want people to feel what I'm saying and I want to build that relationship you know and second I want to apologize for the coughing <laughs> that was another major comment I don't know if I can stop that I had this post nasal drip shit going on for a minute I had a cold and then it just transferred into post nasal drip <coughs> See, I'm coughing now. Um, but I do want to apologize for it. I'm going to try to not do it as much. Um, but uh, moving forward, the topic today, deprivation is not discipline. Now, it's a weird title. I know it's the only title I can think of because, like, when you're thinking about a podcast and what you want to name it and then what you want to name Every episode, you know, you want it to be catchy or fly. And that's really the only thing I can think about for this topic because it stems out of the first podcast. It's a, you know, it's a spinoff, if you will. It's not a second pod. It's not a second topic. It's maybe part two of podcast one, right? So I spoke about my past, my past trauma, my past accomplishments. Um, born from that. Every year, I want to get better than, than I was before. First time I did it under this format was December 1st, 2017, when I turned 39. <coughs> Excuse me, I'm sorry again. You know, I had come off the, the whole X thing and the back and forth thing, blah, blah, blah. I'm not going to revisit it because it was corny, but I learned. I learned a lot. I learned about me. I learned about people. I learned about people's limits. I learned about what people will do, what ego will do, 
what trauma will do to a person, you know. I say it all the time now, you before you intimately involve yourself with somebody, you know, learn their likes, learn their loves, but learn their fucking trauma. And and sometimes you gotta dig deep into that person. And you you know, you gotta be patient. You know, we jumping into relationships now, like we jumping in the pool in the summertime at the wreck. You know, like you go up the wreck and everybody, you know, the little girls putting their toe in and you know, me, I was running up. I was just jumping in because I'm like, I know it's cold. <laughs> I know it's not I'm not going to want it, but I'm going to get used to it. You know, I'm I'm going to, you know, it's, it's I'm going to melt around it because, you know, I want to be in this pool. I want to be in this pool with you. So when I learn your trauma, I'm going to want to be in there with you and, and hold you, you know. And, and I, hopefully you would do the same for me, but, you know, only time tells with those type of things. But, um, yeah, I was born from that. Um, why? I mean, I'm transitioning in life. I'm still transitioning. You know, we, we transition a lot, but <coughs> I'm sorry again. This was a cognizant transition. This isn't going from, you know, adolescence to teenage years to adulthood. This is an in-game transition. This is, you're an adult. Life has happened. Life has you know, fucked you up. And now you got to make changes to preserve yourself. This is about self-preservation for me. You know, I think of myself as a high-functioning individual and I want to remain such. So I knew that I had to change. I had to transition. I had to lose some old habits and gain some new, you know, uh, habits that would help me progress in life. You know, in particular because I'm at a crossroads, you know, like um, the one of the topics out there is existential crisis. And I'm like, yo, I'm, I might be a little too young for that shit. I don't know, 40? But I guess it comes for different people at different times, right? And for those that don't know what an existential crisis is, it's usually triggered by a big event, right? Something traumatic. You know, an assault, uh, the death of a close family member, uh, uh, a demotion, a loss of job, loss of house. <clears throat> and uh, it changes you forever. Um, you know, an existential crisis has symptoms. You know, those symptoms, I mean, there's a bunch, but the ones I in particular experienced were uh, sleep deprivation. I slept about an hour and a half a day for a good 10 weeks. Isolation. You know, I, I, I telework and I still do. You know, I'm trying to transition out of that. But when you telework, you know, it's usually as a, a convenience, right? So like you have kids or you just, you know, it's, it's cold, you don't, you know, it's just, a, you know, it saves money, but um, when you're in a depressed state, telework is probably the worst thing, you're isolated, you're at home, so you're, you know, if the trauma occurred in your home, you're still remaining there for a large part of your life, of your day, um, you know, so for, for me, it was isolation, you know, luckily, I have my four babies, and I do want to shout, you know, my princess, Abria, 
you know, because when I was going through the trauma, she was going into her teenage years, leaving adolescence, and she herself stepped up big time with me and the babies, right? Because, like, her little brother, you know, because, like, I have two sets, so, like, you know, they roll as deuces, right? And sometimes I have all four. But her little brother, who she, you know, that's Frank. You know, he was a big kid, right? So he's out. But she stepped up big time for the baby dudes, you know. And I mean, Christian in particular, he was still in diapers when shit was going down. And I think for the first time ever, she, like, offered <laughs> to change diapers, you know. And she was just sometimes not even offering. She was just doing it, you know. She was getting him out of his car seat. I mean, just stepping up big time and and you know some people say oh well you know that's what big sisters do but like realistically I was failing in a lot of areas and she was just plugging holes as a, a, a 12 year old 13 year old you know so you know shout out to my princess um alcoholism alcoholism big time uh drank every night hen tearing my fucking system up you know, per, uh, uh, promiscu- promiscuity. <clears throat> I fucked anything moving. Luckily, you know, I really, really only shoot for bad chicks. So <laughs> my hit rate was low, but shit, when I did, you know, I was good. <laughs> but nah, I mean, on a serious tip, a good friend of mine, you know, to be named later, she will be on the podcast. And, and, and the wild part, we, we've been friends since high school, but we really never kept in touch. She cared for my grandmother. Man, fuck it. You know, this is, this is, yo, we got to be authentic. We got to be real. You know, we, we when, when it's positive, we name names. When it's negative, we don't. When it, you know, Kenya, you know, she she stepped up big time. And, you know, she she still calls me by my old corny high school, little corny nickname, Bosky, Bosky Love, more on that. Possibly later, it's kind of an embarrassment, but um, she hits me up on the gram and she's like, "Yo, Bosky, you cool?" <laughs> Ego, I'm like, "Do I look cool?" You know, like, I'm, I'm partying. You see these bitches? Like, what you think it is? And straight up, she was like, "I think it's depression, my nigga." And I just froze. And she was like, "Yo, promiscuity and alcoholism." Main symptoms of male depression. Now, sidebar, you think about the hood. You think about, in particular, the black community, Latin community. Niggas drink and try to fuck all the time. Major state of depression. Major state of depression. Lack of opportunity. I, I never viewed myself as lack of opportunity because I, my mother, my family kept me in the mix of, of, of go-getters. I kept myself in the mix. You know, most of my close friends and even associates are go-getters. You know what I'm saying? Like, I never had, like, even, even though I have associates that I grew up with, people I grew up with that did whatever, close family members that did whatever, I spent my time with go-getters. And I never felt bad about it because I knew, you know, we all looking looking to do something. So, you know, why, why would I hang with with I mean, sometimes, you know, I, I would, you know, hang out w- with the homies. i go up to the park, you know, at night. we do what, what we do, um, you know. 
and, 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 you know, that type of stuff. But, like, mostly, you know, I was hanging with very, very ambitious people. And we were doing things like bowling alley, things like that growing up. You know, maybe like a, we sneak in a pool hall, but, you know, we wasn't there to cause no problems. You know, we just kids trying to, you know, see how we could push our limits. But it was always with a crowd of go-getters. Even even when we were sneaking night on broad, right? So, like, if you're from Philly, famous spot, the top of broad, around Alney, where I'm from, night on broad. We were sneaking in that spot. We was like, we had to be like 15, you know? And I'm not going to shout the homies out because <laughs> that's for them to tell. But, you know, we used to do that. and But it wasn't really, you know, it was what it was. But, you know, getting back to the major point, symptoms of uh, existential crisis. Now, fuck it. Existential crisis is major depression. It's your body, your mind, and your soul all in some kind of weird synchrony saying warning, warning. Your whole shit is fucked up, dog. Like, on every level, every part of your being is going into shock. Is going into a, a, a state of, you know, n- you know, not well-being. Uh, you're numb. You know, I had previously spoke about I was pounding the shorty. I didn't feel nothing. Odd situation. You know, that's an existential crisis. You know, that's every part of your being saying, yo, something's not up. You know, and say, so my body, my mind, my soul told me, say, yo, you got to make changes. You got to pull yourself out of this, you know. And that's when I first really came into, like, the whole self-love thing. Because a lot, like, from stepping out, a lot of this shit sounds corny. It sounds gimmicky. It sounds uh, theoretical. But I'm a philosopher. You know, I'm a Sagittarius. And this shit hits me. This shit gets me. You know, I got friends that are like, eh. I believe in God and my beliefs stay there. And, I, you know, I believe in God too, but I can extend from that. Maybe that'll be a future podcast as well. But, um, that was, that, that was, uh, that was what I was going through. And I knew I had to pull myself up. First time I did it was December 1st, 2017. You know, and as I spoke about before, that was the, 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 the mission was simple. You know, detach from this person that can provide me a family because that's what I wanted. That's what I've always wanted. Um, you know, I grew up just me and my mom. And, uh, you know, I always thought, this. you know, I'm a logical person too. I'm a philosopher, but I'm very logical. I always thought, you know, in those households that has a high-functioning mom and a high-functioning dad, the kids ultimately going to win, mom's going to win, dad's going to win, everybody's going to fucking win, <clears throat> so that's what I saw, because um, you can find companionship, you can find intimacy, right, but can you find that teammate, you know, can you find that teammate, and that's what I always sought. but um, that was the plan, detached from that 48 month plan, almost like a uh, a lease on a new lease on life, forty eight months to pay for it. Right? Let me say that again: F- new lease on life, forty eight months to pay for it. And that's how I looked at it. Because anything that is worth it is going to take time. It's going to be hard, you know. 
it's going to be well thought out. And, you know, I knew that spiritually I needed to grow. I know that my soul was weakened by events in life, the death of my mother, you know, the unfair death of my aunt in 2013, you know, situations with my kids and my exes of varying sorts, varying issues. Life. You know, as my boss who, who, who recently retired, shout out to Carolyn, Carolyn Montgomery. She she really helped me. She doesn't even know how much she's helped me, but um, she recently retired. She didn't tell us. She just dipped on us, but it's cool. We still got love for you. Um, you know, life's going to keep throwing these blows, right? And you got to learn how to roll with the punches because the blow's not going to stop. The, the the, the the punches are not going to stop. If you ever thought that you'll get a minute to breathe, nah. The only time you're going to breathe is if you exit. You know, and that that ain't really a that ain't an option for me. Cause uh, I got some motherfucking blows to throw back. You know what I'm saying? I'm I'm not just up here dancing and 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 ducking fucking blows. You know, I'm I'm throwing my blows back. I've been throwing blows back. You know, so that's not a problem for me. You know, what was a problem was when those blows hit a little close to home and came from my corner or what I thought was my corner. Um, but we're in a good spot. And, and it took me a lot to even get to this podcast. I had thought about this about eight months ago and abandoned it, you know. But... um. Here we are. But um, the topic of today really came from a couple months ago. And not, not even a couple months. Like tomorrow, it'll be two months ago, right? And the irony is, as of today, I'm not even done with what I originally sought out to do. It was a 90-day plan. It was a 90-day plan predicated on, it was almost like the Black Panther's 10-point plan, right? Predicated on exercise, meditation, proper diet, you know, being cognizant of what I ingest. You know, the exercise part is, is pretty clear. You just fucking exercise every day. Take your ass to the gym. Movement. Um, the meditation part, it was, you know, it was, it was focused meditation. You know, I, I had bought a little rug. I set up a little, like, raspberry vanilla candle. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> uh, motherfuckers probably like this nigga. Um, you know, because I really, I really was getting into this shit. You know what I'm saying? Like when I jump in, I'm trying to, it's like a relationship. When I jump into a relationship, I'm, I'm a million percent in. You know, I'm either all in or all out. You know, I don't waver. I don't front. And I'm not no fucking phony. But, um, you know, it was to do that for 15 to 30 minutes, depending it was to be cognizant of my environment, too. That's another point, you know, because sometimes your environment, where you are, you know, like, I worked in the club industry for years, and we used to talk, like, I never smoked them, I never smoked cigarettes in my life, right? I, I puffed cigars, no doubt smoked weed, um, but I, I wasn't, like, a, I never smoked cigarettes. And working in the club industry, in particular late 90s, early 2000s, when you could smoke in these establishments, 
We always talk about how the shit would beat our body up, right? So we're making good cash money every night, but we're beating our body up. <coughs> so being cognizant in the environment, that's on a physical level, but on a mental level, you know, not, not even checking or being around people that are real negative or, or, or if that meant at work, home, or whatever, your, your, your auntie's house, your grandmama's house, who, whoever, whatever. Just staying out of those places, right? And, and and really focusing on finding physical and emotional and spiritual uh, environments that appease your soul. So, like, a couple, like, maybe six, seven months ago, I was dealing with a shorty that hiked a lot. And this was for her anxiety, right? <coughs> so I said, yo... Maybe I should try this hiking shit out. So, you know, looking for places to hike. My my, my particular place, no no lie, this is, I, I hike throughout, like, Philly, like, Northern Liberties area, uh, Fishtown, North Philly, Allegheny, like, all that. Like, I maybe urban hiking, I don't know. But for me, it, it brings a calming peace. Like, for some reason, being in Philly, right, it's, it's it's home. It's f- very familiar. It doesn't matter what the physical environment is for me or how it looks. Some some people say, oh, Philly's dirty. This, like, for me, it's home and it's familiarity. Like, I have family members all over. I have very good memories of my mother all over Philly. In particular, you know, North Philly, Mount Airy, Germantown, you know, Roxborough area. I have very good feelings with my mom. So, I, you know, I try to revisit those places. And, uh, you know, another point is, um, and this was, this was big, no social media, right? Because we all know social media can be toxic. You know, we all see the images. We see the, the, the it, it speaks, social media speaks to a part of us that's very ugly, and we don't really want to admit because we're looking at these images, right, of people succeeding. And half of us is like, yo, it's an inspiration. And that's where you want to be. You want to say, this is an inspiration for me to seek my journey and succeed. And then you're bombarded. You're bombarded. And then at the point you get like, yo, all right, all right. Everybody in the fucking world got a Lamborghini, a Bugatti, all these bitches... Got fat asses and pretty faces. And I, I don't even know what niggas they fucking with because it's a billion of them on here and whatever, whatever, whatever. I don't even see these bitches. And I'm only saying it like phonetically or, you know, like hypothetically, I'm you know. But um, it's like I don't see them anyway. This is what people will say, right? Um, I don't, I don't go to work in the morning. I'm at Wawa or I'm at... La Colombia or whatever, and I see Shorty with the extremely big fatty and, you know, hooters everywhere, makeup laid the fuck out, or what they say, my daughter, beat, uh, hair all you've done, you don't see that, but you see it on IG, right? You know, and, and it speaks to a part, it's like, that's fake, that's the... Nah, that ain't fake. It, that's in, in existence. You know, it's just not in your existence. <laughs> but um, these things get at us. And you got to dig deep and say, yo, what's that getting at in me? 
you know. For me, it was like, I'm trying to isolate, I'm trying to not really, but like, damn, these these women look fucking phenomenal. And, uh, you know, I'm trying to do it like, you know, homie threw up the, 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 the Bugatti and it's like, he just drives a million dollar car, wow, that's. And whether it's real, fake, or rental, who cares? These images bombard your psyche. They're hitting you upside your head constantly, right? So you're receiving them as they're real. So one of the points was to get off of social media. Um, no negative music. Words have, have meaning. I'm an attorney. Words have meaning. Every word has meaning. Word placement, punctuation, uh, spoken word. Leave the negative you know, misogynistic, racist, uh, any ist that is negative, leave it alone. I was even listening through my playlist and, and tracking songs and deleting songs and moving songs around so that, you know, they wouldn't come into contact with me during my 90 days. And I think most importantly, getting back to something I used to do Pretty much my entire life before I became an attorney was read a lot. You know, as an attorney, you read a lot. You get kind of tired of reading. Um, so leisure reading for me is like, personally, I'd rather not. Um, as strange as that sounds, but it's counter, it's counterproductive. You know, reading has always been a way for me to escape. You know, when I was younger, like... A boy, I used to read a lot because I could travel the world, you know, like you sit in your mom's apartment in Philly, your mom work all day, all fucking night, you know, she can't, of course, take you anywhere, you're little, so I traveled the world through reading, I used to read National Geographic a lot, I used to read a lot of, um, I used to read a lot of comic books, no lie, Uh, I used to read a lot of Time Magazine, Uh, I used to read... As corny as it sounds, and I like the weirdest thing in the world is for me to physically see this shit again. I used to read the encyclopedia. Like, I was that corny ass little nigga. I mean, shit. I went to Central and Master my hair in Philly. I used to read the fucking encyclopedia. Nobody fucking knows that about me. But sometimes on Saturdays, I would go to the library on Fifth Street and I would just sit there and read the encyclopedia. And that shit was like the world to me when I was younger. Um,. Because I could travel, I could meet new animals, all types of stuff. Um, so getting back to reading was a big thing. You know, of course, it would be more of the uh, self-help type reading, right? So like, what's hot now is these dudes like uh, Gary V and Sidebar, right? Like the dude Damon, he is one of the dopest minds, the dopest... Uh, inspirational figures that I listen to, I read about, blah, blah, blah. But the funniest thing is he founded one of the corniest brands in the fucking world. Like, but he makes dumb money. And it's like, wow, like that shit, like that FUBU shit is whack. But this motherfucker is worth a mint because of the diversification, the broadened mind, the networking skills, so forth and so on. I mean, it's crazy. But, you know, those are the people that inspire me and I read about them, I listen to them, their theories. I mean, some of the time I'm like, this motherfucker didn't even follow this this himself. He's just talking shit. You know, because sometimes when people make it to the top, they just, 
They start kicking shit. You're like, get the fuck out of here, nigga. You ain't do that shit. But whatever. <coughs> Excuse me. I'm sorry again. But uh, that those were some of the major points. Most of the major points. And I spent a hardcore three weeks hardcore focusing on all those points. And I actually did it, right? But of course, here I am only like 60 days out, so forth and so on. 61, two days out. And I've pretty much abandoned everything except for exercise, meditation. My diet is horrible. I'm getting back to it tomorrow, getting on a 21-day challenge. My environment is exceptional. It's the one thing I've been able to master. I will not fuck with negative people. I will not fuck with people that trigger me. Well, you know, as best I can. There's one person walking the earth that... <sighs> anyway. Um, so, yeah, I've been able to really control... Because you can kind of control... Especially when you telework. Like, I've, I've found solitude by myself. i found solitude alone. You know, sometimes I just like sitting alone with me. Because... For the first time in a long time, I really fucking like me. I like how I think. I like how positive I am. Like, what I, what I began to do weeks ago, right, was um, I, I comment on people's stories. Sometimes it's flirtatious, ain't gonna lie. Because, I mean, shit, goddamn, if you look good, I'm gonna, I'm gonna let you know. I, I don't give a fuck. Like, shit, I don't give a fuck if you, I mean, you got a man, you know, that's between you and your man, but you didn't do that shit up there. But, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm going to let you know you look good. Now, I'm not trying to get at you. I'm not. But I, I, I feel like if I spread positivity, that shit is almost like a boomerang and it comes back to me. And it has. You know, so I, like I throw that shit out there and it's boom, it comes back. And it's like, it's playful. Most of it's playful, like. It's not a big deal, you know, and um, you know that's that's something I really I've really been able to master um, is is my environment. But uh, you know what I did too was um, before I jumped off social media, a lot of my clo- I've developed pretty good relationships on social media, and I gave them a, you know my personal number. I said if you want to text me. If you have a question, if you just want to bounce ideas off me, whatever, whatever it is, you know, hit me up. I had no expectation. I didn't think most people would, you know, because they live in like fucking Kentucky, L.A., Phoenix, all types of wild places, right? So it's like, you know, they ain't going to be thinking about my black ass, no fucking, you know, three o'clock in the afternoon there, six o'clock here, you know. But um, people were hitting me up like, yo. I kind of miss your 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 post. Your, you know, one person was like, you know, your posts are kind of witty. There, there's actually a dude in New York that he's one of those those motherfuckers like, you cool as fuck on IG, and it's like, if I see my G in person, I'm gonna have to buy him a drink, because you know, like, you know, he, we like the same type of chicks, we like the same car, same music, all that shit. It's like you develop these relationships, right? And uh, I started to, in myself, miss them. And then these people hit me up on my, you know, on on my cell. Like, yo, you know, why don't you pop back on? Your, your posts are kind of witty. They're, they're provoking. 
thought, you know, within the community. Because, you know, these, you know, I don't give a fuck what you think about social media. It's relevant for marketing, for entertainment, for a lot of things. So I popped back on and I did it for like an hour or so. And, um, you know, I, I started to realize certain things throughout my journey of my 90 days, right? So I said I did three hardcore weeks, right? So I'm going to break them down each week, right? So the first week, right, was, of course, December 1st, right after my birthday. I turned 40. And um, I'm isolating. And I'm like, I'm not going out. I'm not drinking. You know, I'm not doing really anything but, at that time, work. Um, and, you know, following my 10 points and, and, and my kids. Um, I, I realized pretty early on that, you know, it was deprivation and not discipline is what I was doing to myself. And I'm going to explain why. So I, I set out, you know, where I ended up. I was depriving myself of a lot of things. I wasn't disciplining myself. And I'm going to say, and I'm going to define both. So deprivation, the root word deprived, you're depriving yourself of pleasures, nutrients, uh, experiences. Discipline is learning how to manage those things. So you're not over you're not getting drunk, you're not spending an ungodly amount of time on social media or in the gym, uh, you know, things of that nature. So week one, um, I, I, I really went hard in the gym. And for a man of my age, two of these isn't really <laughs> worth it because you get diminishing returns. So like when you're 20, two a days are building you because you're, you're it, it, even within yourself, right? You're building towards strength. Every day you're getting stronger at 20. At 40, you know, f- fuck the bullshit, you're declining. And I feel that shit. So two a days was not the fucking wave. Like I was beating myself up. Losing, you know, I, I was lifting and doing cardio and yoga, and I had introduced major hit workouts, high intensity interval training, through classes at my gym. Like I pay for this like fucking expensive ass gym here, and uh, the hit was phenomenal because I was shredding, but then I would lift and do cardio too, and I'm noticing like I'm atrophying, and I'm kind of getting a little bit more jiggly. Like what the fuck? How is this possible? I'm lowering my calories. I'm increasing my, my output. Man, that shit is easy. You know, I'm overtraining. Classic overtraining. So I realized that within, you know, the first week. But I also, the diet part was good because I was only eating out of my kitchen. And this had two good effects. One, I could really manage my calorie intake. And two, I can really manage my budget. Because when you have four kids spread out over two households and you're on the road a lot, you eat out a lot, shit like that. Like, even though I telework, 
soon as I leave my crib, you know, in Philly it's a poppy stone every fucking bus stop, right? So you always gonna stop and get something to drink. And if you're a fat bastard like me, you're gonna get some chips or a fucking honey bun or some shit. I was I was good at not doing that, right? But the second I pick up my kids, well now I got accomplices. <coughs> and we all blame our kids. Yeah. I had the fucking Big Mac because my kids wanted to goddamn have me. No, you had the Big Mac because you're not disciplined, you fat bastard. I don't eat Big Macs. That's just an example. I actually hate McDonald's. And the only thing I get from there is the breakfast sandwiches. But, um, yeah, so eating out the kitchen was dope. And I actually, I had prepped my kids and I told them, like, look, yeah, I'm going to start getting this book bag. And I'm going to have apples, oranges, and uh, shit like that in there. So they was like, cool. They was with it. You know, my my kids playing sports, they always had oranges. So I kind of tricked them into thinking oranges were candy because they're sweet. Um, so, like, even, <laughs> even my my 14-year-old, she's like, she floats to oranges as candy because that's what I told her when she used to play soccer as a 4-year-old. But um, I got a lot of personal shit accomplished, right? A lot of... Those daily small tasks that you always tell you, like something even as simple as like, I'm going to set up the bill pay for X bill because I'm tired of every month going on, going through their stupid ass system or whatever. I was doing shit like that, getting that accomplished. I was working on, you know, household shit that, I mean, yo, I was the, I was the one that killed the buffalo. You know, like I, I never really had to do the household thing. Managing a household is a bitch. I give it up. You know, it's like, wow, this shit got to get done all the time, like fucking laundry and fucking, you know, you know, even stuff like I remember in both, you know, both my exes, like we go to the grocery store. My fucking job was to pay and carry bags. Right. Like I didn't think about what the fuck went in the cart. That wasn't my job. You know, I played my role. I paid. I carried the bags to the car, carried the bags in the house. I unloaded the shit. But like going to the grocery store and being like, wow, I really need to buy this fucking can of pepper and some oregano and shit like that. Like, you know, that that was the stuff I was really improving on. So then we slide into week two, right? And I don't know if it was because I had like calorie deficiency, but I'm thinking wow as shit, right? But one of the things that I'm thinking about, and I think I read it somewhere, right, is that there are only two things really in life that can't be taken from you. Education and good character. And and, and you, you, you wouldn't believe, like, what those two things can do for you, right? Because, you know... I'm, I mean, I don't think most people can argue if you're an attorney, you're educated, right? Because it takes so much fucking formal education, right? But even informally, I've always been inquisitive, you know. I've always sought knowledge. I always talk to people. You know, I'm a thinker. You know, even beyond the philosophical, I'm, I analyze situations. You know, I may not communicate it, but I'm always analyzing. Uh, and good character. I pride myself on having good character. I, I, I don't do people wrong. I, I don't lie. I don't cheat. 
you know, I, I, I try to fly right, you know, like, my whole thing is, my word is my bond, and truthfully, if I've ever not done something, it's because I really, really didn't remember, you know, because I'm, I'm not a very detail-oriented person, so this transition for me is very hard, because it requires skills that I don't have, much like my current job, you know, like, my, I'll get into maybe what I do later, like, because I, I, you know, I don't make a most, I, I do practice a little bit, but I, I don't make most of my money as an attorney, but my job, <coughs> excuse me, is very, you know, you can go two ways, it's, you know, my current position is very administratively heavy, so I, I, I don't do well with administrative tasks, if it's analyzing leadership, thought, developing plans, developing strategy, uh, you know, I can do those things very well. And my, all my previous positions required that. Because um, I know I spoke before about not really being fit for my position, and I'm not. You know, like even today I had a, a, a meeting where I actually strategized how I could come out on top in a situation in which I had an administrative failure a couple months ago. <laughs> And it worked out pretty well for me. Um, I'm not going to go into detail. But, uh, yeah, week two, I, I really was thinking those two things, education and character, you know. Because if you, if you have good character, that's almost like credit, right? It's like personal credit. Because people believe in you. People will vouch for you. People will promote you. And And I think I have very good friends. I have very good people around me, right? And that's not by happenstance. Like, you usually see, you know, thieves with thieves. Like, people always think, like, oh, yeah, I run in many circles. Man, you may have associates in many circles. But you're hardcore people. And you see it all over social media. Give me your five closest people. I'll tell you who you are. That shit is so fucking true. Because four of my five closest people are my children, and they are me. I am them. Sound like Snoop Dogg, right? Um, you know, I see myself in all four of my kids, you know. And hopefully one day I see myself in, in my spouse, you know, my lover, whatever. But I see myself in my kids. And the weirdest, weirdest part is they see themselves in me. We reflect off each other. You know, I have very close and very individualized relationships with all four of my kids. You know, it's dynamic. It's fun. I, I absolutely love being a father. I do. Um, and, that, and that also goes into my character. I don't ever want anybody to divorce Kyle from Kyle the father because that is who I am. Everything I do leads back to that. Even this here, you know, me getting better is ultimately to reflect on them, you know. So having good character is, is ultimately important. You know, I, I've asked favors of people within the last two years, and I've had my neck out there. Like, I've looked like a fucking nut sometimes. And they've, they've really been like, yo, I know you stand up. I know you've been there for me. I know you would be there for me. You know, and, and that, that makes me feel proud, you know, being a high-character person. You know, I, 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 the other day I called a friend. I got a case. First impression for me, but for him, he, he, that's what he does. 
I said, yo, I need to take you to lunch, my man. We need to talk about this shit. I need some strategy. Response is, what day, what time? That's some dope shit. That's some dope shit. You know, when you can call somebody and say, listen, I need, I need a part of you. I need your time. Time is important. And they respond, what, what, what day, what time? I just smiled a little bit right then, right there. You know, another friend. You know, uh, you know my my PA license isn't where I needed to be. I called him up. I said, "I need you to supervise me under the PA, uh, you know, disciplinary rules. I'm required to have a supervisor. So basically, everything I do is on your name. Response immediately." No problem. I wanted to fucking cry. I wanted to fucking cry. You know. My shit ain't in order. And this motherfucker's gonna vouch for me. And 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 the way we met is so wild. You know, I'm not gonna get into that, but we met because I think one of my we were <laughs> some law nerd shit, some black dude law nerd shit, right? So like black men never fucking leave their ego or their pride, right? So I I think we're in law school. We went to different law schools. And we was at like a national black law student thing. And I think one of my homies was going to fight one of his homies. And that's how we got cool. And, uh, you know, it's just wild, you know, that that person would vouch for me. That's that's in my heart right there. That's in my heart. You know, I'm not going to name no names because I'm not going to put nobody's business out there. But... That's in my heart. So, basically by the end of week two, my body's the fuck breaking down because I'm doing two-a-days. I'm fucking 40. I'm undercalorized, actually. And I'm like, yo, I need to rest. And I fucking get sick. And I don't really get sick. And I'm, you know, I'm realizing hardcore now that I'm not really building myself up. I'm depriving myself of a lot of, you know, interactions in life, nutrients, calories, of course, being nutrients, uh, you know, shared time with others. So week three is actually going into the holidays. And I think, you know, one of my best friends, my best friend, you know, G's, he's like, yo, come through. And I'm like, yo, nigga, like we discussed this. I'm not trying to really fuck with nothing. Part like he, you know, because Mike G sets it up where as though you go to his spot, he's just gonna take care of everybody and everything. That's his personality. That's his character. He's kind of like, he's kind of like the the Yoda of the whole set, right? You know, where he's like. He's wise, even though he's the same age, he's like wise beyond his years. And he has experiences that brought him into in line with some things that we've really never even touched. You know, even myself. Like, I mean, he's traveled internationally. You know, like, when you're a lawyer, you're fucking, you know, you're jurisdictionally bound most of the time. And even if you have a multi-jurisdictional practice, it's only but so far. You know, so like when I practiced and traveled, you know, for my firm, it was like New York to Florida. You know, and you know that's the same motherfuckers, truthfully. But um, 
He says, come through. I'm having to set out. You know, I'm going to have some people over, everybody that we like, and everybody likes each other, and we have some food and have some fun. And I'm like, shit, goddamn, how am I saying no? I'm, I'm, I'm the fucking walking party. How am I saying no? So you know I didn't say no. Go through, have a ball. Saw people that I love. And I'm like, yo, I can't I can't continue for this shit for 90 days. I absolutely can't because it's not a time to really break myself down. And that's when I really started to realize these little, like, mini, like, fucking, you know, uh, I, don't even, I can't even find a word right now. And I'm only one, running one cut. But, like, I, I, sometimes I get into these moods or these these mental states where I literally just want to be a monk, right? And like a Tibetan monk and just fucking read and eat very little and read and kind of get myself into this, like, you know, where I'm releasing toxins and, you know, maybe sweating profusely and I'm just releasing everything and getting myself into a different mental state, you know, with, without... <laughs> help, but, um, you know, he pulls me in off of that, and he kept pulling me in, kept pulling me in, and I'm like, yo, this, I done said, I done told this nigga a month ago what I'm trying to do, and at one point, he was going to get down with me, but then I think he realized, nah, that shit ain't for me, but um, I think that was one of the things that helped me realize I don't need to deprive, I need to discipline myself, you know, so now we're moving into week three, and in week three, I'm starting to come back into social media, right, and I'm slowly but surely, and then, you know, really not slowly but surely, it's like one day I was slow, then boom, I was back in, (coughs) but um, I'm really, like, building relationships but I'm realizing within myself that I'm kind of afraid to be vulnerable. And I don't really, you know, want to show. And I'm pulling back. And I'm like, Kyle, you can't pull back, man. That ain't you. It's not authentic. It's not real to you. So, but I'm... I'm, I'm I'm like a child inside at this point. I'm scared. I'm like, yo, you know, like, I want touch. I want intimacy, you know. I want to feel a woman's body. Because, I mean, I don't don't even give a fuck. Like, women are fucking beautiful, period. Soft skin. Smell fucking good. Oh, my God. Like, I was missing that shit. And I'm like, but you're not trying to have the wrong person. Because even though somebody may not have an ill intent, if they're the wrong person, you're not going to treat them like you should. You know, like people are out here settling and just doing whatever because they want a warm body, but they're not treating that person like they would if they were dealing with the person that will hold their heart and they will hold that person's heart. Like I fundamentally believe that now, you know. If you're not dealing with the person you want to deal with, subconsciously even, you're not going to treat that person well. You might treat them good, but you're not going to treat them how you how you can 
you know, the full capacity of how you can treat them. And, uh, you know, I, re- I realized that. And I was like, well, I don't even, like, I, I'm, I may be in contact or know the person that I want to deal with. But at that point, I was like, I know I need a friend. And I need to discipline myself, right, on many levels. I need to manage social media. So, like, maybe when I wake up, you know, you always grab the phone. It's on the charger right next to your bed. You check, you know, your notifications. You know, for me, I check my, my in this order, not going to lie, I check my email first. To see if I got any fucking fires I got to put out. Then I check my IG. And then I read the paper. Well, no, actually, I'm lying. Because first I check my text to see if either one of my BMs or my daughter or my sons hit me up. <coughs> Excuse me. But um, I realize I need to manage that, right? And I, I don't need to deprive myself of that. So, you know... I'm going into week three, and I'm like, yo, it can't be deprivation. You have to manage your life, homeboy. And that's where my 90-day plan broke down. And I realized those three weeks, 21 days of focused meditation, focused, you know, uh, you know, uh, really, really focused energy on, on my environment, on meditation, on the things that I wanted to improve really got me where I needed to be. 21 days. It wasn't the crazy wild 90 days. It was 21 days of intense, focused energy that got me where I needed to be. And I know, like, if I if I do, like, I'm, I'm going to start, you know, probably dating. Like, you know, after February in this area, you know, Late March, April, like, it's on. Like, everybody feels it. The energy's out there. People prematurely wearing motherfucking sundress. You see a shorty in April with a sundress. It might be 62 degrees. You're like, shit, it's on. Because the sun is beaming. <laughs> but, um, you know, it's, it's maybe another month, six weeks. But I know I want to take shit slow. Because for me, it's like they say you got the three loves of your life, right? And I, I really believe this is my third. And the third is like supposedly the easy one, the, the calming one, the, the one that kind of feels right. You know, so I want to take this shit slow. Start at the one yard line. You know, if I got to do a fucking 18 play drive and, and go 99 yards, I'm willing to do that because I don't want this relationship predicated on lust. I mean, you got to be sexy. You got to take care of whatever you got to take care of. But that can't be the, the predicate, you know. I want a holistic relationship, you know, love, business. You know, we're discussing, you know, uh, our finances intimately, planning, building, true building. Like, people don't build together, plan together. You know, I want a true teammate. You know, I've, I've made kids with people before. You know, I, I want a teammate. And, you know, I, I think that takes discipline. You know, everything... Spawns from that discipline. So, with that, I say take care.